Thank you for tuning in to Tuolumne Community Baptist Church podcast. This is Pastor George here at the church and bringing you this Sunday's message. And I want to apologize to you, first of all, that uh, because we're trying to do everything, um, we're reaching out to those who aren't able to come to church and uh, we're doing our Facebook Live and I'm using my phone to record that and broadcast the Facebook Live. So because I'm using my phone for that, I'm not able to do the podcast at the same time. So I've come down here this evening to do the podcast, and we'll get it posted and get it out to you. This is for uh, this last Sunday, 6-7. And I'm so glad. I I just want to thank you guys for your faithfulness and listening to the podcast. uh, And keep on listening. And when you get a chance, come down to the church. We are uh, open. The church is operating on... uh, COVID-19 restrictions, which we're only supposed to have uh, 25% of our actual seating capacity, and we've been right at about that. And uh, we, when you come in, you have to sign in and wash your hands, and we offer you a face mask if you, if you choose to wear one. Um, and of course, there's social distancing and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's what we have to do, and we're doing it to have church, and we've been having a wonderful time so if you have opportunity to come out on Sunday, we're here. Please come out. If not, pick up on the podcast, listen to them while you're driving, listen to them while you're working, um, listen to them at home. If you're at home, go get your Bible and open it with us today. And we're going to get into a new series that I'm starting today. This is number one of the Holy Spirit. It's entitled today, Who Is He? Now, last week, we talked about the day of Pentecost. You can't talk about this Jewish feast, Shabbat, Pentecost, without talking about the Holy Spirit. I realized last week that there is a hunger in our body to know more and understand more about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is honestly the most misunderstood person in the Trinity. Many people don't know how to interact with the Holy Spirit or what his presence is therefore to offer us. For the next five to six weeks, I hope to clearly explain that the Holy, what the Holy Spirit's chief desire is for us, and that's relationship. To offer us the encouragement and guidance of a trusted friend. I hope to move beyond theological jargon, religious tradition, cultural misconceptions, to clarify what the Holy Spirit promises to do in your life. I'm going to do this with some examples and some powerful testimonies. This series, I pray, will encourage you and challenge you in a way, in the way you interact with the Holy Spirit. Today, we're going to focus on that the Holy Spirit is a person. Who is he? He's a person. He is our helper, our comforter. He is your friend, and he's not weird. The Holy Spirit is God, and we can have a personal relationship with him. Many people do not want to learn about the Holy Spirit because they've seen people who act weird and misrepresent him. Although people can sometimes be weird, the Holy Spirit is not weird, and he is not strange, and he is not odd. I'm telling you, it's Satan's plan to have people misunderstand and people that misrepresent the Holy Spirit. The benefits of the Holy Spirit are power, love, 
fruit, and gifts. Remember those four. They're very important. We'll be coming back to them. Our main scriptures today are going to be in the book of John, John 14, 15, and 16. This is the last conversation Jesus had with his disciples. In 14, they're in the upper room at the Last Supper, if you remember that. In verse 31, Jesus says, Arise, let us go from here. In chapter 15, um, they head to the Mount of Olives, and he begins to talk about how he is the vine and they are the branches. And in 16, the conversation continues. Most theologians believe this was at least 12 to 15 hours before his trial and his ultimate death, crucifixion on the cross. The whole conversation is centered about one thing. He was saying, I am going away, but don't be troubled. God is sending you a helper. You're not going to be alone. Imagine this. Jesus, out of his whole life, he knows. He knows what's coming. He knows that he's got, this is the last conversation that he's going to have with these precious 12 disciples, his friends. Actually, there were 11 at this point. He was going to deal with these 11 and try to tell them that he was going to leave them and that he was going to die. Can you imagine how difficult that conversation had to have been? That he was saying, listen, I, I, I know you're going to be troubled, but there is one that's going to be coming. This was impactful. If this was your last day on earth, and the people were, that you love the most, they're around you. What would you want to say to them? Jesus is introducing them to the person of the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what I'm trying to do here today. Many people have heard about the Holy Spirit, but have never met him. So let's look at John 14, verses 16 and 17. He says, And I pray the Father... Uh, you notice the word pray. It seems like it would be stated better if it said pray to the Father. This particular word pray is translated, actually translated as ask. Most other translations say ask. I'm in the New King James Version, and this they, they use the word pray, but it, it can be said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. I underline helper because you see, you're going to see it four times that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17, The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because they neither see him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. That's just an amazing scripture. In my notes here, I underlined he, because I want you to see clearly the Bible never never refers to the Holy Spirit as it, because he is not an it. If you can't see the Holy Spirit as a person, let me repeat that, if you cannot see the Holy Spirit as a person, then how can you have a personal relationship with him? He is the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I'm going to show you that he is God. And he is going to live inside of you once he, you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. John 14, 25 and 26. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, there's a second time we saw Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, 
He will teach you all things and bring your remembrance all things, bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. This is amazing. He will teach you and he will bring things to your remembrance. And man, does he ever do that to me. Uh, at the times that I don't think I can remember something, it, it, the Holy Spirit is there to help me. Let's look at John 15, 26. But when the Helper, that's the third time we've seen the Helper, comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Now let's look at John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not, there's the fourth time we've seen it, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus was trying so hard, and I could see these guys not getting their head completely around what he was trying to say. Look at John 16, verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, verse 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you all things to come. There's a lot of he's in there, isn't there? He will tell you all things to come. Okay, this removes all questions that the Holy Spirit speaks. He will speak to you, and he will only speak to you what God has to say. The word helper, we've seen it now four times in this translation. It's only in the, five, it's only in the Bible five times in this particular translation, and we need to, to talk about this word. It comes from the Greek word parakletos. Uh, the English translation is paraclete, but we say it, the Greek translation is parakletos. Para means alongside. Kletos means to come, means to come. So to come alongside. Jesus is saying, I'm going to send you someone who will come alongside of you. Do you remember last week or a few weeks ago, I taught you about parable. This word is very similar to the word that was used in parable, which was parabole. Parabole means alongside, and bole is where we get the word bowling from, is to throw it out there, and it comes alongside. It was like telling you a story about a truth so that you could understand the truth. It's just interesting. I love the Greek. Parakletos also means this. Listen to the things that it means. Summoned, called to one side, especially called to one's aid, one who pleads another's cause before a judge, a pleader, a counselor for defense, a legal assistance, an advocate, one who pleads another's case with one, an intercessor in the wildest of sense, a helper, an aider, an assistance, one called alongside to help. That's what the Holy Spirit is to you. We need help. We really do. God has made help available to us, the greatest helper there is. What a shame that it would be to go through this life without drawing from this help, without knowing that you had a helper there alongside of you the whole time.
many of us have grown up with the old King James Bible, and it it states it a little different. Instead of helper, it calls him the comforter. Did you ever hear that? The Holy Spirit is the comforter. We recognize this because many of us have a comforter in our house. The quilts that our ladies make here are called comforters. I want to share a story with you about a comforter. I asked my present wife, Joe if I could share this story, because this has to do with my wife that passed away in 2012 when we were very young. We were very young and we, we didn't have much. Everything we had basically had been handed to hand down from someone else. Our, everything from our bed to you name it had been handed down from somewhere. And so my wife had went to her in-law's house, or no, her parents' house, my in-law's, I'm sorry. And they had bought a new quilt. And man, she just fell in love with that quilt, how beautiful it was. And she took me in the room. She goes, you got to see this, this comforter. And I went and said, oh, that's nice, man. I could, man, that's thick. It's nice. That's beautiful. She said, man, I really want to have a comforter. And I said, well, then buy one. I'm working enough. We can afford it. Just go ahead and buy yourself one. So a few weeks later, she'd bought a comforter. Very pretty one, I might add. And I came home from work. She was so proud to show me and said, come on in, check out the the comforter and it's on the bed. It's beautiful. It's thick. It's lush. It's, it's, I can't wait. And so like all families, then we went and had dinner and went and watched a little bit of TV and evening had come around and it was time to go to bed. Interesting thing. I walked into the bedroom and somebody had stolen our comforter. I mean, it just wasn't there. Interestingly enough, the old bedspread was back on the bed. Now, I think you ladies listening to this, you know exactly what happened. You guys are going, who stole your comforter? My wife comes in and I said, where's the comforter? Did somebody steal our comforter? And she said, no, silly. That comforter is for looks. It's not for use. And in my mind, I was waiting to get underneath that thing and pull it up over my head and just snuggle in that comforter. But she said, no, it's not for use. It's for looks only. You know, a lot of things in our house were for looks only at that time. I found out here not long after that that there were towels in our bathroom that you could use that I could not. There were certain ones hung there that are so beautiful. They were they were considered, you know, guest towels. Do not use the guest towels. And one day after taking a shower, I must have just lost my mind. I don't know. I jumped out of the shower. I'm wet and I'm naked. And here is this beautiful, plump, purple bath towel and I grab it and I start drying off and she comes in and says what are you doing I said I don't know what were you thinking again I said I don't know I, I'm, I'm wet I'm naked there's a towel I, I don't know I should have used paper towels I don't know well those towels were for guests not for me so the point of the story is how many of us Christians know of the Holy Spirit but we say that, you know, in our minds and what we're saying to God is he's just for looks. He's not for use. Because we begin to use the Holy Spirit, we might look a little bit weird. He's just for looks. He's just there. And I'm telling you, that's a lie from the pit of hell. The Holy Spirit is there for us to use. He is my helper. That's point number one. He is my helper. Many, many times I've been counseling someone and I'll recite a scripture. 
And they'll say to me, how did you know that? I just read that scripture this morning. How how could you possibly have known to say that to me? And I'll say, I'm just that good, right? No, that's the Holy Spirit that brings it to my remembrance. Or I have no idea what someone is going through. And I start a conversation with them. And they look at me and say, how did you know? How did you know? Well, that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. He is there. He's given us intuitions and and he's telling us things that we normally would not know. I remember this time where I was working and, and uh, I worked for Tuolumne County Probation and I, I know I'm not supposed to, uh, you know, I, I never try to proselytize, you know, get somebody saved at work or anything like that. I never push my religion on them. I, that's just weird. I, I just don't do that. But they know that I'm a pastor. They know who I am. And oftentimes, I'll be able to read that there's something going on. I had this one lady. This has been several years ago. I don't even remember her name. But she was in my truck. And she had told me that she is about to see her 18-year-old daughter. She was going to meet her for the first time. She gave her up at at birth. And so the daughter had contacted her. and, And now she's going to get the opportunity to meet her. And I could see she just turned quiet and she stopped talking. And out of nowhere, I just said to her, why do you feel unworthy? And she actually broke out in tears and said, how did you know that's how I feel? And I said, well, because the Holy Spirit clued me in that you're feeling very unworthy, that you don't even deserve to see this daughter of 18 years old that you have. And I'm here to tell you that you are worthy. You are wonderfully and beautifully created in God's own image, and he has made you. And look at what you did right. You didn't abort this child. You gave her up. You allowed her to live. You are worthy, and God loves you, and she is going to love you, and you just need to feel good about yourself. And man, it just it lifted her into a new place. And I'm telling you, folks, that's not me. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit, he's, he's in us, and he's working I'm just not that smart, and I don't have magical powers. I need a helper. Look at some of what he does. Let's look at John 16, 8 through 12. And when he had come, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now, we're going to talk about these things. It says when the Holy Spirit comes, pay attention, he will convict the world of sin, and and of righteousness, and of judgment. So now in verse 9, he starts explaining himself of what he means. It says, of sin, because they do not believe in me. Pay attention to these becauses. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. So he's going to be convicted of that. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more. And of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Verse 12, he said, I still have many things to say to you, but I can, but you cannot bear them now. So let's talk about these things. Convict, judgment, and righteousness. Convict. If we did not understand that conviction is sin, why, why would anybody ever get saved? We have to understand that we are sinners and we need a Savior. The Holy Spirit's job is to convince you 
that we need a savior. I got saved at my kitchen table. No, I didn't get saved at church. Sorry, it just didn't happen that way for me. Understand, you don't have to be saved at church. It's convenient, but not necessary. It's kind of like dying. You can drop dead in a funeral home. It's convenient, but it's not necessary. But when I did get saved, it was because I was convicted of my sin. And I realized I needed a savior. I wanted to change. I was convicted by the Holy Spirit. And, that, and that's not a bad thing. People think of conviction as a negative. It's not. It's a positive. If it wasn't for conviction, no one would ever get saved. Let me give it another word that might help you. How about convince? Instead of conviction, let's call it convince. You're convinced that you need help. You convinced that I finally am convinced that I can't do this alone. I'm finally convinced that I need help and I need Jesus. Then he had this word righteousness. Righteousness means right standing with God. We have a hard time with this one. It's hard to get my head around because I know who I am. We are righteous because we believe in him. No other reason. No one can obtain or achieve righteousness. We can't earn it. We have to receive it. No one, no one, no one can earn it. I am not righteous because I'm here doing this podcast on my own time for you. That does not make me righteous. I'm doing it because I love God and I love the Holy Spirit. And he's the one that's here helping me do this. It doesn't make me righteous. Only Jesus makes us righteous. Then he said for judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. He's talking about Satan. Satan is about to be dethroned. At this point, at this time, Satan was the ruler of the world. Jesus said it himself. But when Jesus died on the cross, Satan was so deceived because he thought he was killing the Son of God. But what Jesus did and went to the pits and depths of hell and stole the keys of sin and death from him. What does that mean? That means you cannot go to hell if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You will not go to hell. Hell is, was not made for us. Hell was made for the devil and his angels, all those who followed him. And Satan is trying to take everybody there. He wants us to worship him. He want, does not want us to accept this loving God's offer. Let's look at John 31. It says, now the judgment of this world... Now, excuse me, let me let me straighten that up. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. This is what Jesus did to Satan when he went to hell after he died on the cross. John 14, 30. <clears throat> I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. He's speaking of Satan. And Jesus, through his death and resurrection, he dethrones Satan. I want to give you this scripture. It's from Revelation. This was John, in his old age, writing here in Revelation. He says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet dead, as dead. He laid his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first 
and the last. Verse 18, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades, of hell, and of death. He took the keys of hell. We do not die. Yes, our bodies will die. Our bodies will return to this earth. And we will receive new bodies when we get to heaven. But understand, our bodies return to this earth, but our spirits live on. Therefore, I say, we are now walking in our eternity today. Don't start thinking, well, it'll happen when I die. I'll I'll live forever. No, you're living in your eternity today. Start living there today. Start living for Christ. Start doing what you can do for him. And it can only do this with the help of an absolute best friend that you have ever had. And his name is the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12.3 says, Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by, speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can call that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. See, anyone who says that Jesus isn't real or, or Jesus is accursed, he's a liar or whatever, he's not of God. And the only way that you can say that Jesus is Lord is by the proof of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. So this brings us to point number two. He's my friend, and he's not weird. He is my friend, and he is my absolute best friend. There are many people who push the Holy Spirit on people, and some of them are simply weird. And because they're weird, people begin to think he, the Holy Spirit, is weird, and they want no part of him. Uh, Yes, I'm referring to the tongue talkers. I speak in tongues. I am filled. I have a spiritual language that I use between me and God. Sometimes in my prayer time, if I'm praying with somebody, I will use it. But for the most time, it's just a prayer language between me and God. And it's not weird at all. But where it gets weird is that sometimes people will push the Holy Spirit and say, if you're not... Speaking in tongues, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a lie from the pity hell. Studies have shown that one out of three people are weird. So look to your right and then look to your left. If anyone there doesn't look weird, well, maybe it's you. I've told you this story before, but I think here it needs to be told again. Years ago, when my wife passed away, she had some things that she was ailing from, but we never expected her to die. It had come as a shock. She died in her sleep at night, and I found her in the morning. This was probably the most difficult time in my life. And I'm, I remember it might have been two or three days after she had passed. I'm sitting alone at home with my dogs on the bed, and I began to speak to the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it was an intimate moment. And he was speaking to me. And we were just talking about how strange this thing was and and how was I going to get by. And I'm at this age of my life that I really didn't want to live alone, but I I really didn't want anybody else. And and all the confusion that I was going through, and he was trying to comfort me and talk to me. 
And so I, I kept, I would talk to him and I would refer to him as the Holy Spirit. And things got quiet. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and says, why aren't you talking to me anymore? And I said, well, because it's weird. And he goes, what's weird? And I said, your name. He goes, my name? And I said, yeah, it's like, you know, I want to talk to you. I say, oh, Holy Spirit. I, it just sounds weird. I, I don't, it just sounds weird. I wish you just had a name. And he said, what would you like to call me if I had a name? And I thought there for a few minutes and I said, you know, if you had a name, I would, I would want to call you Charlie. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit kind of chuckled a little and he says, yeah, I loved him too. And I said, you know who I'm talking about? And he says, I sure do. I sure do. Your friend, Charlie South. And I said, yeah. He said, he's in heaven because of you. You led him to Jesus Christ in his later days of his life. And I know you miss him, but he's doing well. And he said, you know, if you wanted to call me Charlie, in his memory, he said, I would be proud that you call me Charlie. And I said, really? I could call you Charlie? And he said, why not? I'm your friend. And it should be easy. Now, I'm not starting some new doctrine saying that you must give the Holy Spirit a new name. I, I'm not doing that at all. Friends, I'm just telling you what I experienced. The Holy Spirit was in communion with me. And he said that it was okay that I call him Charlie because it made me comfortable. He knew my heart already. He knew that I was longing, that Charlie, that name meant this man to me, that it represented. And, and the Holy Spirit knew that. And so now, anytime, Anywhere, anytime or anywhere, I swear, I can say, Charlie, are you there? And he'll confirm in my spirit, I'm right here. I'm right here. What do you need? And I can talk to him like I would a friend. I can talk to him when I'm angry, when I'm hurt. I can tell him I don't like a situation. I don't like what I'm going through. And he'll tell me that he knows and he understands. And he'll hold me <clears throat> and help me to feel better. So it brings me to point number three, the Holy Spirit. He's my God. Oh, I know some of you kind of raise your eyebrows, go, wait a minute. If you said that God the Father is God, I would accept that. If you said Jesus, my Lord, is God, I would accept that. But the Holy Spirit, he's God, that's kind of weird. No, he is God. He is part of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are one. They are God. It's the Spirit of God that's living inside of you. And he's not weird. He's loving. See, Satan has tried to, to turn it. And I, I'm not picking on other organizations, other people's convictions. It's perfectly fine if they want to run around a church and fall down and do all those things. That's their conviction. I don't, I'm not, I'm not picking on that. Or the gift of speaking in tongues. I, I applaud it because I speak in tongues myself. But it's in a very reverent sort of way. And I, I, just, I just want to try to get across to you. The Holy Spirit is not weird. So he is my God. Let's look at John 14, 16. Look at this. Just listen to the three here together. And I will pray 
the Father. I is Jesus. I will pray the Father, that's Father God, that and he will give you another helper. There it is, the Holy Spirit. I, Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit, all in one sentence. Jesus, Father, and the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all things that I've said. The Holy Spirit, the Father, my name, Jesus. John fifteen twenty six. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send, I, that is Jesus, from the Father, that is God, the Helper comes, Jesus says, I will send from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Let's look at Luke 3.22. This is interesting. You can see in this scripture, all three at the same place at the same time. And the Holy Spirit descended in the bodily form like a dove upon him. And the voice came from heaven, which said, You are my beloved Son, and I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father, all in one place at one time. But listen to this. Acts 5.3, if you remember this story, if not, go read it sometime. In the book of Acts chapter 5, Peter said to Ananias, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? and to keep part of the price of your land for yourself. And then in verse 4 it says, You have not lied to men, but to God. You've lied to God. See, He is God. He is God, and, and we need to understand, and we don't need to be afraid of Him. He is our friend. And if you if you listening to the sound of my voice, if you say, if there's any chance of this being real, Make yourself real to me, Holy Spirit. And he will. He'll begin to speak to you and talk to you. And you can back up everything he says because it'll always be truth. It'll always be the word of God that he's speaking to you. He would never give you a direction that went against the word of God. I have something here I want to read to you that describes the Holy Spirit. And I'm not even sure who the author of this was. I did not write this. I, I found this many years ago. And it was wrote in, in Old English form, so I did change it a little bit to more modern translation, a little easier to understand. But listen to what this writer, how he describes the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit intercedes through us on earth. The Holy Spirit calls and qualifies ministers for their work. It is the Holy Spirit who makes them overseers of the flock. He hears, speaks, teaches, and guides us into all truth. He glorifies Christ, receives from Christ, shows us Christ, and brings to our remembrance all of Christ's words. It is better for us that Jesus left so that he could come. He shows us all things to come, knows the deep things of God, searches all things, and reveals all things. Where he is, there is liberty. The writers of the Bible spoke as they were moved by him, the Holy Spirit. We are warned not to grieve him or quench him. We are convinced 
by him, led by him, filled by him, and sealed by him. Wow, that is good stuff. That's my message on part one of the Holy Spirit. He is my friend. He is my helper. And he is my God. And friends, he is not weird. I can remember there was this one time I I was working with probation, you know, and I had, at that time, we had like four full-time coordinators and we probably had 30 people a day that were coming in to work in the program. And this guy who was working part-time for the county, uh, he worked for facilities maintenance. Um, if he needed a helper, he would come to our work release sign-ins and request that we send someone to help him dig ditches, dig up plumbing, dig up whatever he was working on. But this guy would walk in and he would kick the door open. Everybody stand there and he'd say, praise the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. And it's not that that was so terribly inappropriate, but he would suck the oxygen out of the room. And everybody would kind of back away from him. They would all look to me and said, don't send me with that guy. Please, please don't. And inevitably, I would pick somebody because he needed somebody to help him dig. and, and, And I'd send someone to work with him. And inevitably, these guys would come back and they would say, please don't send me with that guy. All he does, all he does is pump his religion and and tries to get me to talk in tongues. And and the guy's weird. Please don't send me with him. And they would tell him, several of them would tell him, yeah, if I want to talk about religion or anything like that, I'll, I'll talk to George. And so one day, he caught me alone and he asked me, he goes, you're a pastor, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, how do you minister to these guys? And I said, well, certainly not like you. Um, You're weird. And he goes, I'm weird? What do you mean I'm weird? I'm just on fire for the Lord. And I said, yeah, I get that. And and I applaud you for that. And I said, but you know what? You can't treat people and, and you can't make yourself look weird. People tell you that if they want to talk about religion or God, they'll come talk to me. Why do you think that is? And he said, I don't know. Why? And I said, because I treat them normal. I treat them like a friend. I don't cuss at them. I don't yell at them. I treat them like I would a friend. And if there's something going on in their lives, I'll ask them what's going on. And I'll ask them, well, how is that working for you? Would you like to know a better way? Well, yes or no. And I'll let it go at that. I don't push the Holy Spirit on them. I am full of the Holy Spirit. I am brimming with the Holy Spirit. But I don't push it on them. Jesus didn't push it on them. He loved them. They wanted to hang out with Jesus because he was cool. He was the guy. He he treated people right. He wasn't weird. And nobody, nobody likes anybody that's weird, that flaunts their religion, that wears their religion on their sleeve. And, you know, I think people just want to meet people that are normal, that will love them and care about them. And then somebody eventually will say to me, George, why why do you treat me the way you do? Now that opens a door for ministry. I treat you the way I do because I care about you. Because I really do care about you. And I want you to know that God cares about you too. And you have a helper out there if you would just receive him. And he will help you get through your day. And if you're listening to this and you're going, man... I would like to have that helper. I would like to have the peace and comfort that the helper will bring into my life. 
you can have it. And it's so simple. You can pray a simple prayer with me and I'll, I'll pray it with you. And, you know, we'll pray it all together. All you guys that are listening on the podcast, if you've already accepted Jesus Christ, we'll pray this prayer again with me. And at the same time, be praying for those who may be praying for the first time. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I know that I was born into sin because Adam and Eve fell and it it ruined it for all of us. But Father, you sent your son to die on a cross and then rose again from the dead and ascended into heaven to be with you. And you sent the Holy Spirit to come and live in us. And Father, I believe that. I believe that Jesus is God. I accept him into my heart and I ask the Holy Spirit to move in and to live inside of me and to commune with me and to talk to me. Heavenly Father, I'll do my best to learn how to listen. It's going to take some time. I don't know how to do this. And Father, I know you know that. So just help me to learn more. Show me that the Holy Spirit is real and he's not weird. He's my friend. Father, I ask you to do this in Jesus' name I pray. And I hope and pray that you prayed that prayer with me. God bless you guys. Next week, uh, we're going to be teaching. This will be part two of the Holy Spirit. It's entitled next week, He is a Person. We'll see you then. God bless.